Hello, welcome everyone to a new episode of our little podcast here. Good afternoon. Um, the topic for today, after a short pause, um, we thought to talk a bit about a general um, context here of what we're trying to do. Because for most modern people living a normal life, at least in the Western world, the question arises uh, in how far um, the Bible or these stories within the Bible are relevant for us. Some people are religious. They were born into religious families. They grew up with uh, some kind of uh, religious role models, whether it was from their parents or grandparents that they went to a church or to a synagogue or something like that. So maybe they picked up on these um, habits, so to speak, and continued with them. Um, other people, though, I think in the West it's quite a lot of us, um, don't have much to do with religion in general. And especially in the West since the 60s, many people have been uh, going to look in Eastern religions because... As um, you hear many times people say, at least there, there's something to do, right? I can meditate or I can make yoga or something. I don't have to believe in something weird or so. There seems to be a kind of a, a notion or a tendency in our culture that the Bible, okay, as a historical archive of sorts is maybe interesting But apart from that, it really has no relevance for our daily life. So this is why I would like to ask the question today, um, Bible beyond religion, what, what could that be? How could we um, find a renewed interest in these stories, perhaps? And in a way also, which is, which is not just locked down into one specific religion but has perhaps a more direct influence on our daily experience. Yes, good afternoon and thank you for the question. Um, if I may open with a little story, little midrash about Abraham. He was born in Babylon and uh, he knew astrology. And he was looking into the stars and he saw in the stars that in his signs that he will not have a child. And he was convinced in that. And then God uh, told him, go out and look up at the stars. And he says, you see those stars in the sky, so shall be your sperm, meaning you will have a lot of descendants coming from you. And what the Midrash is trying to tell us, and this is why also Abraham considered to be the father of all nations, that what God was trying to say, or the providence, let's say, trying to tell Abraham, you know something. And you're convinced that what you know is absolute, but if you're willing to go out, I mean, leave your own understanding and go out beyond your understanding, there's something higher. And the Midrash said 
and continue uh, the providence is telling Abraham look you look into this sign that tells you that you will have no children or no son but I will take you to a higher place and from this higher place you will see that you you shall have you shall have a son in Hebrew we say lak mazal mazal like in mazal tov right everybody knows this like in mazal tov yes good luck mazal tov and comes from leak meaning the luck leaks and Abraham was looking into his luck and he saw that according to his understanding, his calculation, his astrology theories, he shall not have any any children. And God says, okay, go out of your own understanding and I'll show you a higher place that you don't see at the moment and from this other place when the luck leaks, because luck is like water, light, luck, water, leaks. I shall show you the place that you will have children from. There's quite a lot in this story, I think. Thank you. Um, I, the first thing that comes to mind is that the Hebrew word for son is ben. Yes. So which is very close to the word for understanding. Yes, it's Havana. So um, once we, we try to unpack that little story a bit, I think it could be interesting perhaps for us to um, disengage this story a bit from the historical dust, so to speak, right? Yes, it, when we, yes yeah. the, the Bible, unlike what people think, is not a, an historical book. I mean, it's not just, it's just the, a chain of situations of the soul, a human soul. Is, but it's not a just historical aspect. So, yeah, this is like, I guess, why many people also don't find any relevance in this anymore. Because the moment we say it's just historical, it's basically dead. Yes, yes, yes. It doesn't have any relevance. It's buried somewhere under uh, this title of antique like an old story and no nobody has any interest in it because it has no relevance to his it, life it's true and in that sense people are perhaps also right to say if it is only historical then what do i have to do with it yes so yes it happens before me so i did not live five thousand years before our time so why should it interest me but it's not true because we all of us also lived before our time. There's also another understanding, but slowly we shall approach this. So um, perhaps it could be interesting for us to look a bit, what does it mean, um, Abraham, not as a historical figure again, but as a, as a principle, as an idea, what is the place of uh, Babylon in Hebrew, Babel? Mm -hmm. and what is astrology in this context and the meaning of the sun and the luck yes first of all we shall approach the try to approach the name of abraham because in hebrew we say abraham is like five letters 
which we can compose from this one word that contains five letters, two words, Ahav Ram, which is love or loves. Ram is the higher. So the aspect of Abraham in us is the one who loves the higher and goes for it. I mean, the aspect of Abraham in us is the one who understands that there's always ability to go higher. This is Ahavram. He loved or loves the higher. Isn't there this story also um, where, I, I don't know if it is the, the Bible, I mean, the, from the five books of Moses or a, a commentary, a midrash or something, where it is said that um, Abraham looks at the sun and he sees how great it is. So he starts to worship it, but then he feels, no, there must be something greater than that. And then he goes to the moon and he worships the moon, but he feels, no, there must be something greater. And he goes to the stars and so on and so forth. Yes, yes. When he's three, the Midrash says when Abraham was three years old in Babylon, he already had had a love of the higher. But how did it come? He started worshiping sun because the first thing person sees in the morning is the sun and he was worshiping the sun until evening comes and comes the moon and the moon and the, the sun disappears and comes the moon and he worships the, the moon all night long until comes again the next morning so he says but if those are shifting there must be something higher so the midrash said that when abraham was three years old also three is not just a how do you say a chronological number. It, it, it just, when the Bible mentioned or the Midrashim commentary mentioned numbers, they never stands for years or months, but something really higher. So when he was three years old, old, he understood that the love is for the higher, meaning not the things which we can see, the sun, the moon, or the stars. So the, the, the relation to providence starts in Abraham's life when he's three years old. Three, if people want to look at the number three, is like the three first spheres that comes. Keter, Chochmah, Bina, which is crown, wisdom, and understanding. Those are the three higher uh, spheres. Beneath them there are seven lower spheres which we also see in the, the days of the week because we have only seven days of the week, not ten like our fingers, but seven. Because the three considered to be beyond human understanding and sensing. That this, uh, there's a lot in it in what you said, I feel. And um, what strikes me first of all is that this whole idea here of of God, so to speak. And as we know in Hebrew, the, the word for God is not even be, um, pronounced, right? So then people say, ah, it's not allowed to say this, or you will be punished if you say this. But that's not really the idea. There's more of a, a very old understanding in it that God, by definition, you cannot pronounce or cannot grasp 
This is why in this story here, it's always one step above, so to speak. Yes, it's impossible. It's just impossible. Not that it's not forbidden that we shall be punished or something. This is a bit childish. But it's impossible because while you speak something, you slow down to speak it, to catch it in the mind and to speak it out. It takes time. Exactly. So we're going down from the speed of light to the speed of sound, so to speak. So it's impossible no? you said that something will happen. And I think here is already the uh, the idea um, that you presented earlier that um, there is something or somewhere or some when, if you like, um, from where our luck trickles down to us. Yes. Um, meaning something which we cannot really understand like you said before to go beyond one's understanding yeah so and that could be interesting in the story that you told what what is really the the meaning here of astrology i mean for for most of us um normal people um it's just something you read in a newspaper right today <laughs> Like the weather report, yes, people read some astrology, going to be a good day, going to be not a good day, maybe we play the lottery or something. But beyond this, it doesn't have much meaning. So um, what does the Midrash mean here by saying that uh, Abraham was studying astrology? Like, uh, was he some esoteric guy into New Age? Or uh, <laughs> He knew the relations. Uh, it was an old science, yes. To look at the stars and to calculate it's not uh, something that belongs to the 60s somewhere but it's an ancient uh, method to look and to see the relation among the stars because it what is up is down to look at the sky and try to see the the mirror what kind of a mirror the the star reflects there up above then then we can uh, draw conclusion to our daily life so in old it's an old way to look at things yes in some sense perhaps even the astrology we know today is just some little leftover yes right yes yeah it's very very little considered to what it what it used to be and people knew astrology deeply in those days so it is yeah. historical if you look at the historical aspect the former generations knew much more than we do now, though we have now computers and, and accelerators and uh, satellite dishes and spaceships, they knew much more about us. I mean, the more tools we have in our time, in a way, the less we know. There is perhaps also a kind of an arrogance that comes with this whole um, so-called scientific worldview, yes, that we... Uh, say we can calculate everything and we can um, automate and measure everything and we can understand everything. So, and then there is in a way no room for things that we can't understand. Yes. So, like perhaps if we try nowadays to talk about something like dreams, let's say, people will say, ah, what do you want with dreams? You know, it doesn't give me anything. I can't make a living from it. Uh, it doesn't pay the rent. Like, why, why should I even bother? And, and even things like uh, psychotherapy, they're also dreams are already, they're already considered, but in a, in a sort of very limited sense of a, a mechanical way, I would say almost. But um, what you're pointing at is that 
people used to have a much deeper understanding of those realms, let's call them, which are beyond our understanding. Yes. Which are not immediately quantifiable or something like that. So astrology here in that case of Abraham as a, as a so-called science of an old science of reading the stars of, uh, in a way, calculating also what will happen next. How could you say, what could that be for a modern person? What uh, the astrology in this story is for Abraham? We can look at the word astrology, asta, I mean, east, where the light comes, the light always come from the east is like a, a general trial to see where the light comes from and to direct life for into the direction of the light i mean for for the goodness of people so it's in a way a sort of science that, it's a science uh, yes yes like there is a candle just uh, the light the the stars they are just have like direction And the person tried to direct his life for where the light comes from. Meaning it's like to, let's say, when somebody loses a key, and he at night tried to find his key under the, the lamp in the street, because there is their light. But it's, it's so wrong, you know, because... A person has no clue beyond this radius of light. This is an interesting um, motive that you just mentioned, which I've seen actually in a, in a couple of stories from different cultural backgrounds, both in the Sufi stories from the Islamic uh, background and also I think in Hasidic stories, right? Yes. That the person is there looking for something and somebody else asks him, what are you looking for? And he says, I'm looking for my key, but why are you looking there? He says, because there's the light. But mm -hmm. in all of the other places, he's not looking, right? Yes. So... So in a way, um, perhaps we could say that astrology, even if a person is not that uh, interested in his star sign or is not reading his horoscope uh, in the daily news, in a way, we are all practicing astrology in the, in the deeper sense of that we are trying to calculate our life. Yes. And to close them under tags, boxes, tables, labels. Everything is in a chart, the te television broadcast, the radio, if people still see or watch TV or radios, but they have everything fixed, calculated. They, even the next uh, vacation within nine months is already booked. Everything. Or the famous five-year plan of communism, right? Yes, yeah. Everything is closed. In such a matter, the luck, if everything is so closed and termed, so there is no space for the luck to, to leak into. And, yeah. There is a beautiful story about a child in Asia who was carrying two buckets of water every day on a stick on his shoulders. He has to bring water for the garden but one of one of the bucket was leaking so whenever he reaches destination the bucket was empty the right bucket was empty and he managed only to deliver the left bucket 
But years after, when the right bucket was, le was leaking, uh, a line of flowers was growing. Because those drops that came from the leaking bucket, they were enabling life for flowers outside of the garden. So if everything is closed, so nothing can leak in. But if there is a still opening, so something new can come. This is why they, people say in workshop to do in every day a new thing or in different order that a new thing could come. Because if we just repeat the same actions in the same order, like in a Blue Angel, the, the movie, nothing new can come. Right, or like in the famous Leonard Cohen song, there's a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Yes, yes. This is why we have to break everything. Because sometimes, in a way, people go with bills of money in the wallet, like with a, let's say, with a huge sum of, of bills, and they want to keep the, the big bills. They don't want to use it. Because they want to keep the money in the wallet, but they say break the bill for luck. Even if you need only with with such a bill to buy only a pack of chewing gum or a bottle of water, but break the bill, break it. It. And um, also perhaps interesting uh, is the fact that the brokenness of human beings, how that factors into this. Because, well, as human beings, we try to give a certain image of ourselves, a professional image in, in our um, jobs or something, to, even towards friends that uh, I'm managing, I have my life under control, um, I have a five-year plan or a 10-year plan, and I have a career and everything like this. But at the same time, there is a kind of a part of uh, humanity or of each human being where there's something broken, for lack of a better words, whether a person wants to admit that to others or only like in some rare moments in the middle of the night, there is something which has a crack. Yes. And what you are kind of hinting at here is that without this brokenness, perhaps the luck could not get in. Yes. It's, Meaning, yeah. Yes, it's like the Hasidic tales. Rabbi Menachem Mendel Mikotsk, he used to say, there is nothing more complete than a broken heart. Exactly. We look, <laughs> yes. yes, we look at our problems like, I don't know, uh, something that has to be fixed, right? Yes. Immediately a schedule appointment with a psychologist. I don't feel good about this or about that. We immediately have to stuff that, have to fix it, have to tape it over, glue it together. Um, because we, we're in a way uncomfortable with this. We would like things to be perfect and whole and complete. But in the same way, perhaps it's just that kind of an incompleteness in the, in our psyche, if you want to use that word, which uh, can lead us to a more complete way. Yeah, once we close the crack, we remove in a way the divinity. 
because we can fix everything, so there is no space for higher. But while we, we in a way, we say, mm, there, there must be a reason why things are like portrayed in this way. There must be a bigger plan that I cannot see, I cannot sense. So it, this set already a relations. Right. Yeah. Well, Just we like <laughs> now our time is relations among people and among men between us and divinity. We like because we fix everything. We know we have a plan. We have a doctor for each uh, millimeter. That's <laughs> and for everything. But like the funny thing is that nowadays we have more doctors than there were ever before. But still, people do get sick and. And a lot. Yeah, even more than before, perhaps, yes. So. Much more than before. Because they relate, I mean, the more, I mean, why also the humanity grew in such measure, like we say do not count, but with such a huge uh, um, amount of human beings, because each one which is being born to this world has carries with him a little, a little spark that needs to be corrected that is not in relations with the divinity so a new spark is being born that he will through his life or her life will create a relation to divinity this is why we have so many people in our times that the load of correction shall be um, shared yes each one carries a little spark and together. It's interesting what you say. Many people are maybe familiar with these concepts a bit from, from Hasidism or uh, from the Kabbalistic perspective of the sparks and the correction. But um, perhaps I feel sometimes we're looking at these things in a way like where's the spark, right? As if there's some um, some great hidden thing. And what if we already experienced this. What if it's all these little moments that feel incomplete, that feel not congruent, that where we feel like it's not 100%? What if that's already these sparks, right? But what happens if we broom them? It's good if we leave those sparks as like, a, let's say, breadcrumbs on the table. But if we immediately broom and hide them, so we sh we again close the door. Again, the astrology, like from your story in the beginning. Yes. So in that sense, uh, a lot of what we do can be considered astrology, from our career planning to so-called education, the whole medicine world, um, or uh, computers. We try to automate everything and... Uh, find a fix yes because astrology logo is the thought logos is the thought of thinking and asta is where the light is and try to think where the light is but this is limited belief is beyond in a way beliefs carry us beyond the sparks of light belief a person can also carry in the darkest night this this is it this is what this is what it means to to believe. I mean, 
when somebody knows something is certain he knows this is his friend he he acknowledges his face he know this is for sure his friend what a person does not know something it's not really clear he has to believe that that let's say rain will not immediately though he see dark darkened sky he says okay i still managed to walk fast to the station but according to his belief he's acting so what what is poor about astrology and calculating that we don't even start to move because we already calculate everything so says what's to bother to act and this is why abraham says he divinity talked to him says go off you go lech lecha from your country from your homeland stop calculating this against that and do something go for something and then perhaps also it uh, can become a little bit clearer what they mean with this old saying that what we experience as suffering is just the joy that we cannot yet comprehend yes yes so we're staring in a way with all of our brokenness at the the opposite end of our own happiness and fulfillment yes and ask ourselves where is our happiness we only experience suffering but it's just the other side of the same thing yes because sometimes we need to be brushed we are so attached to habits things people uh, jobs etc etc and we need to be brushed off to experience new frontier and and this brush off uh we experience this is a great suffering inconvenience and we mourn a lot about it but it's for our own goodness that we shall not be attached and we shall continue to move on like the light continues all the time it's like the creature uh, i remember this story about the book illusions if i if if i remember correctly in english that there were little creatures sitting i mean waiting at the bottom of the river and those creatures used to hug the stones and every time when a stream used to come they used to hug the stones and attach to the stones and and one, one day um mashiach came and he was like moving with the water and everybody was shouting mashiach 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 is coming meaning the hebrew word for messiahs right yes yes and he says why do you pointed me at and say mashiach mashiach messiah messiah you can unbrace the stone leave the stones that you are touch uh, ch- touching so hard leave the stones and let the stream move move with the stream to where it takes you but they did not want to leave the the stones at the bottom of the river they continued to hug the stones at the bottom of the river and pointed the mashiach that this is the one who moves with the light with the stream of water so what we experience <laughs> yes is perhaps also interesting to see um the word here for stone whether the author uh, richard bach um intended that or not the the hebrew word for stone even yes again like the word ben yes uh, is very close to the word of understanding havana it's true it is true yes so in that sense um 
of your original story, Abraham had to let go of the stones to receive a son, meaning he had to let go of the Evan to receive a Ben. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's interesting because the difference between Evan and Ben is the Aleph, which is considered to be Alufoshalolam, this, this um, champion of the world. Yes. Or the universe. Yeah. Yes, yes. So he had to, to leave his understanding to get a son. Yes. And perhaps in, in that sense, um, slowly people can begin to approach how just one example of this story is actually or might be very relevant for our daily experience. Yeah. Because every person is trying to um, to go to act uh, on his best interest and calculations to go for his luck, to go for his goodness. But so often it doesn't go as we intend. And then there are troubles. And sometimes the only way then is for a person to give up his own understanding. Yes. Yes. It's inconvenient because as long as we are attached to what we want and what we understand, we feel strong, we feel we have a grip, we feel we are like warriors, we cut through life, we do this and that. But when we admit that we don't have so much control and we feel a bit little and weak, then in a way we have equivalence of form and with the Creator. And in this uh, balance, that a connection could be made. Yes. That perhaps could also be an interesting topic for a future conversation. Uh, what a prayer is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not something, words that are spoken um, outside in some holy feeling with incense and candles. But something more of an inner movement. Yes. Yes. It's it's very deep. It's very deep. It's interesting also what you mentioned, the equivalence of form. If I'm not mistaken, we discussed this in previous podcasts, the idea of Adam and um, the word Dome to be similar to. Yes. Say, saying that the human was created in the image of God, which in Hebrew is actually the, the shade. But the idea is the sa same, that there is some kind of similarity. So if this similarity can be reached in some kind of a way, a person um, might be able to experience life very differently. Very differently, very openly and very cheerful. Like the old saying also goes that if a man studies Torah, and I say study in quote because it's not really possible perhaps to study this uh, academically, then a person will be will have a lot of luck, they say, in business and in family life and in his in his whole life. Yes, yes, it's it is true. It is true. Like it, it means when the light leaks, like light is, like Einstein said, if you look at 
physics like similar to water so a lot of drops will fall this is he will have a lot of luck a lot of stream in his life of luck of goodness because he is the equivalent equivalent of form because what is equivalent of form because God he wants to benefit us and if we want to benefit others including uh, so we we are in example we are example so in this way there's always streaming like they say if already we as as human beings we want to help others or um we feel compassionate yes want to help someone then how much more is the the giving or the the helpfulness in an absolute sense yes we cannot even imagine this no we cannot okay so in that sense um I hope uh, our listeners found this uh, conversation interesting and with a bit of luck, um, which is always necessary, we'll uh, have another conversation soon. Yeah. And I wish you and all our listeners all of the best. Thank you very much and have a happy good week. Thank you.